0: I cannot believe that we are so close to episode 100. Hi everybody, I'm Dr. Natanya Brown, endodontist and life coach. If this is your first episode here with me, I am so excited you're here. Welcome, come on in, get cozy. And if this is not your first episode with me, welcome back. I'm so glad you are joining again. Uh, We're going to be talking about why change can feel so scary. And before we dive in, um, I'd love to ask you if you have been following along with this podcast and if you've enjoyed it and found it beneficial, would you be so kind to leave a review? Pro tip, you can actually do it right now while you're listening in whatever podcast app you're listening on it would mean so much to me and it would really more than anything help other people just like you to find this podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you in advance. Let's go ahead and dive into today's topic. Why is change so scary? We're going to get to the bottom of this. And as I'm talking uh, in today's episode, I want you to really think about what's most relevant for you. I know I mention that sometimes, but I I really want to um, have you get very clear and intentional. Like think about what's the most relevant thing for you in terms of a change you want to make in your life that maybe feels kind of scary. Maybe it is that you want to have the confidence to start treatment planning Invisalign cases. Uh, Maybe you want to start enforcing boundaries with your staff or patients and and you kind of historically haven't been. Uh, Maybe you want to quit grabbing a snack in the break room when you're feeling stressed so that you can actually be losing weight. For the remainder of this episode, I'll probably stick with examples about weight loss. Um, But again, I just wanna invite you to think about what's most relevant for you. So change is really scary. And the interesting thing is even if we want the change, it can just still feel really overwhelming and scary sometimes. When it comes down to it, we can have a lot of fears that come up for us in the process. Fears that can sound like, Uh, For example, we don't really have what it takes to make the change or fear that people won't like us if we make the change or, uh, you know, fears that we actually don't have the time or the money or the resources or whatever kind of know how to make the change. Um, Fears that we know exactly what we need to do, but we won't really follow through on it. Fears that even if we do everything that we're supposed to do, we still won't get the results that we want and we'll just inevitably fail. Uh, Fears that, you know, if if we don't do everything that we need to do, that we're going to fail. Fears that, you know, we really aren't going to get what we want and therefore we'll feel disappointed fears that if we tell other people what we want and then we don't actually get the results that we want that then we're going to feel ashamed of ourselves i think i i'm just getting started i could truly keep going and going but i'm going to just stop and ask you you know does any of that resonate with you because for me, even just as I'm explaining it this way, it gives me clarity as to why it's so much easier to stay put and to not make changes in our lives, right? And and truly, when we stay in the status quo, uh, it can feel easier because we don't have to change anything. We get to stay in our comfort zone and we can just, you know, theoretically feel fine, right? And so there are so many thoughts that keep us. And, and hold us back from making a change in our lives. But here's the thing. You're here because you want change. You don't want to stay in the status quo. And in order to make change, we have to start taking different actions. And to make to take different actions, we actually have to think of every moment of every day as an opportunity to think differently, feel differently, and act differently. In, in truth, our power lies in our decisions. There's a million little tiny decisions between where you are now and where you want to go. If you think about, like for example, driving across the country and you uh, you know plug a destination into the GPS there's going to probably be a a ton of turns along the way. Okay. So as we, you know, navigate through all these different turns for us, it is really our thoughts that are going to influence our decisions, i.e. the turns that we make all along the way in our journey from where we are now to where we want to go. So if there's something in our life that we don't have yet, we need to start Making different turns, so to speak, which is basically we need to start making different decisions so that we can, you know, move in the direction that we want, right? So, how do we do this? We're not robots. Otherwise, if we were robots, we'd just program ourselves to act differently and then we would act differently. But we're not robots. We have to understand how our brains work and what influences our decisions. Now I could talk about this for hours on end, but for the sake of brevity for today's episode, I'm boiling it down so that we can just understand two very basic parts of our brain. And I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, but it's been almost two years. So I really think we're due for, uh, you know, for a refresher, or if this is the first time, then here you go. But basically, we have two parts of our brain. We've got the primitive part of our brain, which I will refer to as either the primitive brain or the toddler brain, for example. This is the part of your brain that is the same as all the other animals on the planet. Like other animals also have what is called the primitive brain. Okay, and then we also have the prefrontal cortex. Now the prefrontal cortex is the part of our brain that actually differentiates us from all the other animals on the planet. So other animals do not have the prefrontal cortex. So if I were to describe the primitive brain further, the primitive brain, again that's the toddler brain, is really focused on survival, okay? It wants to Help you to seek pleasure, to avoid danger or pain. It likes instant gratification, and it tends to be pretty reactive. In other words, if there's danger, that toddler part of your brain is going to go into fight or flight. Okay, it's going to launch the sympathetic nervous system to try to get you out of danger ASAP. Okay, now so. In contrast, we have that prefrontal cortex that I just mentioned. This is like the adult, okay, the adult part of the brain. This part of your brain helps you to make decisions with your very best long-term interest in mind. It's not reactive. It's more of a careful planner. And when you when you contemplate, you know, being in Legitimate danger, this part of your brain, the adult brain, is going to carefully look at the situation, devise a plan, and execute. Okay, so it's not as reactive as the primitive brain. So, when you think about making a change in your own life, or let me back up for a second, when you think about yourself having gone through dental school, okay, what part of your brain do you think you are tapping into the most? so that you could get all your requirements done, uh, actually study and pass your exams and the board exams and the licensure exams and graduate from dental school. By and large, you were tapping into that prefrontal cortex, the adult part of your brain. Okay. Okay. To make any change that you want in your life, you need to tap into that prefrontal cortex. That part of your brain is going to help you to set a goal and carefully and mindfully work towards actually making it a reality. So look, we all have both parts of the brain. As I describe these parts of the brain, I don't want you to think that in any way the primitive part of the brain is bad and that we need to, you know, somehow get rid of it. Both parts of these brain, uh, both parts of our brains are here to stay and so you know my goal with this episode is to help you to really understand how your brain works and how you might be able to leverage this knowledge when you go to make decisions um, as it pertains to a goal that you have so when we think about the primitive brain it's not bad it's not evil it is there to help us to run away from legitimate danger. And yet, for the most part, at least in our um, you know, first world living, most of us are not in imminent danger on a day-to-day basis. And so when we think about our primitive brain and a lot of the fears that it may bring up for us... It's up to us to give ourselves a lot of reassurance by tapping into our prefrontal cortex, that adult part of the brain, to give ourselves reassurance that actually we're okay and we're not in imminent danger. Okay. And so I'm going to give you some examples. Let's say you're, uh, let's say you want to lose weight and you happen to be running late to the office and uh, you're hungry. The primitive brain is going to tell you, Stop at Starbucks, grab a coffee and a croissant because that's the easy button. The primitive brain does not care about your goals. The primitive brain, again, just cares about you surviving and hitting the easy button, okay? Uh, another example, after a long day at the office, that primitive toddler brain is going to tell you potentially, I know it told me four years, that I deserved uh, a treat, Um, or, you know, some kind of a reward for having survived a hectic day in the office. Maybe it's going to tell you to go grab a glass of wine or to go shopping because you earned it, for example. So it's up to our prefrontal cortex to show up to the table and remind us, uh, actually, you know, maybe we have a a goal to lose weight or maybe we have a financial goal or, or we're trying to save money and we don't want to be going shopping, for example, um, So that prefrontal cortex needs to show up and give us options that we're actually not going to regret later, right? Um, Now, some of us, again, think that as I talk about the prefrontal cortex and the primitive brain, that we should really try to do whatever we can to suppress the, the primitive brain, get rid of it. But we have to remember it does serve a purpose, if we are being mugged, if we're being attacked by a boa constrictor in the middle of the Amazon, then we want that fight or flight response. Okay. It will help us. We don't always have a couple minutes to carefully plan and, and, and devise or construct a way out of the situation. Um, so we want to be reactive in certain situations. Okay. So while we can't get rid of our primitive brain, nor should we want to, we can choose, and this is really critical. We can choose when we listen to the primitive brain or not. So what does that mean? I want you to imagine your brain like a radio. Okay. Now I know that's a super antiquated analogy, so maybe we should call it Spotify or Pandora. (laughs) But basically, I'm going to keep saying radio. It's a radio with only two channels. Um, and one channel is the primitive brain and the other channel is the prefrontal cortex. Okay. And so we can actually, you know, throughout the course of the day, we're receiving both of these frequencies all day long. Okay. Most of us listen to both all day long. Most of us live somewhere in the middle where we are hearing both of these stations, certain thoughts that are being offered up by that primitive toddler brain and other thoughts that are being offered up by the prefrontal cortex. I know this is kind of a funny analogy, but please work with me. So our daily task is to hear the thoughts that are floating around in our mind. Okay. There's been estimates that like our brain has about 60,000 thoughts every single day. I don't remember where I got that from. Please don't quote me on that, but let's just roll with it. The bottom line is we have a lot of thoughts in our brain every single day. Start paying attention to your thoughts. Start noticing the thoughts that are actually driving you to feel, uh, excuse me, that are, that are um, prompting you to take action. Are you acting on impulse? Are you acting in ways because that's how you've always acted, right? Like it's very easy for us to get stuck in a rut with doing things, the same thing over and over and over. That's how we create neural pathways. And to be honest, the primitive brain likes it when you create a neural pathway and you're you're on repeat over and over and over. It's a lot easier. It requires less effort. It requires less thinking, okay? Or at least that's how it feels. And so I'm kind of curious for you, how much of the time are you thinking about something before you do it? Thinking and carefully planning what you're going to do. Let's say how your day is going to go down, for example. So when we, let's say, um, tap into the prefrontal cortex, we're able to actually create a pause, right? And this is before even suggesting that we need to change our actions or do something differently, but to even stop and to notice what it is that we're thinking, that is already something like a task that you're asking your prefrontal cortex to do. Okay. So let's say, for example, you're, um, you know, it's, it's the middle of your work day and you are gravitating towards, you know, you're, you're feel, let's say you're feeling stressed out in the middle of the day, a procedure didn't go as planned and you see yourself gravitating towards the break room. Um, that primitive brain might be telling you eat whatever's in the break room. You deserve this. Uh, you know, I'm feeling stressed. Your primitive brain is seeing that like danger, you know, stress feels like danger, fight or flight, right? And so, what I would be suggesting is just create a pause before reacting and impulsively giving in to that uh, primitive brain. Create a 10-second pause. Let's say you're having this urge to go eat something in in the break room. Create a pause and remember that there are different thoughts floating around in your brain right now in that moment it could very well just be that primitive brain is enticing you to go get something in the break room because essentially the volume on that radio station is blaring, okay? It can it can feel overpowering, and this is how a lot of times we just give in to our impulses not recognizing that we can actually turn down the volume on these impulses. We're not out of control we're not defenseless we can create a pause and then we can have a fighting chance of turning up the volume on our prefrontal cortex that adult part of our brain what would that part of our brain do in this situation right and in this example that tiny little pause we might be able to ask ourselves maybe i want uh to think about this for a second. Do I want five minutes of pleasure eating whatever thing it is in the break room? Um, or do I want a lifetime of freedom over food by learning to occasionally say no when I'm having an urge, right? Now this is just one example, but I want you to really think about the implications of being able to, um, turn the dials, so to speak on the volume with which we hear the primitive brain and the prefrontal cortex. I really want you to think about that, okay? A lot of times when we want to make a change, we get stuck in indecision. We have all these thoughts that come up, all these fears as I previously alluded to, right? With reference to weight loss, we might think, oh, I don't really know what to do or I'm too busy or I don't have enough time to cook myself meals or to be exercising. We might allow ourselves to indulge in all these thoughts and fears that essentially get us stuck. They get us to think that we're just trapped. And you know what? When we start overwhelming our brain with all these different fears, it's so much easier to say, you know what, I'm not going to do anything. The primitive brain essentially will, will entice you to think that change is way too scary, that you're not capable, that that it is dangerous, and you you should much sooner stay put in the limbo, not taking action, but then guess what? You're not going to really get what you want in your life if you're only listening to the primitive brain, okay? You don't have to have it all figured out to make a powerful decision. Small, tiny decisions every single day will help you to actually get closer to your goals. Every single day, teeny tiny decisions. But the collection of teeny tiny decisions add up to very big change, especially when they're made consistently. So I really encourage you and challenge you to start noticing the thoughts you have every day. Can you decide, can you notice which thoughts might be coming from that primitive toddler part of your brain and, you know, and, um, getting you to be reactive or impulsive or just picking the path of least resistance. And can you notice and identify which thoughts in turn might be coming from your prefrontal cortex thoughts that may be helping you to carefully think and plan things out and be rational and not impulsive and really have your best long-term interest in mind. I'm curious what small decisions can you start making today? in terms of your physical health, it could be as simple as, um, you know, thinking about your next meal and what you might eat before you actually get hungry. Maybe it's um, uh, filling a glass of water to drink before the end of the day. Um, Maybe it's moving your body for five or 10 minutes. Maybe it's going to bed 15 minutes earlier. Every single one of these things is pretty tiny. But when you start to make them a habit, that's when you're going to start to see changes. And I believe that you can do this. You can make the changes that you want. Don't let fear drive the bus. The fears, mind you, will always be there. They will be there, okay? But you can still take action. It doesn't have to be the type of action where you're forcing yourself into submission. Instead, it can be lovingly recognizing that your brain is designed to keep you out of danger. And so what would it look like for you to be, you know, like the proverbial adult in the relationship, give yourself reassurance that you can make the changes that you want in your life and not just that you can make changes and live and not die, but you can make changes and thrive. I know that change can be scary and yet I know that you can make the changes that you want. You know what's also scary, at least in my opinion, is staying in the same old, same old routine because we're telling ourselves that we're too afraid to make changes. I know that you want to make changes. I know that you can do it and that if you set your mind to it, you can make a powerful decision today that will help you to become the person that you want to be, even if there are some fears back there. Okay, my friends, this is what I have for you today. I really, really hope that this episode has been helpful. And you know what? Before I go, honestly, if you have a dental bestie that could benefit from this episode, please share it with them. Um, And, you know, really my goal, my mission is to help dentists to live with so much more ease and less stress. And on that note, you know, if you feel like you've been running around like a chicken with its head cut off and you're ready to finally prioritize your own needs so that you can start enjoying the life that you have worked so hard to create, then I would highly recommend that you go download the Busy Dentist's Guide to Self-Care. You can do that by going to drnatanya.com forward slash self-care, all one word, or I will link it in the show notes. So you can just go there, find it, click on it, download it. And I hope it's really helpful for you. All right, my friends, that's what I have for you. I hope you have a fabulous week and I cannot wait to talk to you next time. Bye.